Hey, it's Craig. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Canadian History X early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Canadian History X. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Destination Stettler. Now this episode won't be like my usual episodes. I won't go in a chronological order of the events in Stettler. Instead, I'm going to be focusing on different aspects of the community and the things that you can see and do there. So let's dive in and learn about this wonderful community. The Indigenous. So we need to first go back and look at the indigenous history of the area. The land that would one day be the townsite of Settler was originally the land of the Blackfoot and the Cree, and they would occupy the land for centuries as buffalo and bison came through until fur traders began to move through the area, including people such as Anthony Henday and David Thompson. The indigenous history is still celebrated in the community in a variety of ways, especially at the local museum. Carl Stettler. By the turn of the 20th century, more people were arriving in the area, and when Alberta became a province in 1905, Stettler was ready to appear on the provincial stage. It all began with the man by the name of Carl Stettler, who had come from Switzerland to Alberta in 1903 and filed a homestead just three kilometers away from the present site of Stettler. Upon his land, he would found a Swiss colony in 1905 under the name of Blumno. That same year, in the fall, the town site that would become Stettler was put on the market because the Canadian Pacific Railway had just reached the site. Blumenau was doing quite well by this point, having a lumberyard, two general stores, a tavern, bakery, a blacksmith shop, and a feed store. The people in the community knew that to survive in that era, a community needed to have access to the railway. As a result, and this is way more common than you think, the entire town moved to the new location that would become Stettler. Since Carl Stettler was the first postmaster, the community was named for him. Stettler didn't just lend his name to the community, though. In 1906, he would build the National Hotel, which would sadly burn down in 1908. Undeterred, he then built another hotel on the same site in 1909 and called it by the same name. That hotel would last until 1942, when it too burned down. Stettler also served as the CPR land agent for the community, and was a member of the first Stettler Town Council, and the president of the Liberal Association. Stettler would eventually move to nearby Castor, where he opened a coal company. He kept his holdings in Stettler though, choosing not to sell them, 
and this would actually cost him quite a bit when stringent economic times nearly bankrupted him. Nonetheless, he would return to Stettler in 1919 with the intention of spending his remaining years in the community. Always trying to help the community grow, he would travel to Memphis, Tennessee to find interested buyers to purchase lots and land in the Stettler area. Sadly, he would contract blood poisoning, and an operation was conducted to curb the infection, but he would soon pass away, and his body was shipped from Memphis to Stettler to be buried. Needless to say, the current community of Stettler owes a lot to the man whose name it honours, and you can actually still see his grave in the community today, located at the Lakeview Cemetery in Block 1, Lot 95, Plot 3. Here's Mayor Sean Knowles. So Carl Stettler is, I, I think, the best way to describe Carl Stettler is someone who had a vision for the town and what the town should look like. Uh, he was on the first town council, but he was never mayor. But uh, he, there, was, there was something that he wanted, and he pursued it to make sure it happened. So I, I guess the best way to describe Carl Stettler is just someone who, uh, I, I guess he's just something that was really, he just persevered uh, because the town was basically uh, moved the entire town to be closer to the railroad railway from where it was and it burnt down at one point, pretty much the entire thing. And, you know, most people would uh, give up, but uh, Carl Stettler did not. As for the community he would help establish, it would quickly grow, catching the notice of many. The Edmonton Bulletin would say, Stettler is one of the busiest towns in Alberta, while the Calgary Herald would state, the town of Stettler was always alive with possibilities. The first bank was established out of a tent in 1905 called the Merchant's Bank, while the first hospital was set up by a Dr. Donovan out of a rented building in 1909. By 1912, there was a 10-bed hospital, and two years later, a 12-bed hospital was opened. In 1913, the town installed a steam electric plant with a capacity of 150 kilowatts. A decade later, the system was upgraded to 200 kilowatts, and by 1928, Canadian Utilities Power Line was connected to the town. The Stettler Board of Trade was organized in 1905, and the first newspaper, the Stettler Independent, was established in 1906 by the Australian immigrant named William Godson, who had run it until 1908 when it was bought by C.L. Willis. The community would see 1,500 people living there in 1914, and has grown to become one of the most important communities in Alberta. Currently, it has 6,000 residents. Here's Mayor Sean Knowles. One of the best things about visiting Stettler is we have a lot to do. Uh, we have a museum, we have the train, uh, we're close to a lake. Uh, our downtown businesses are, are pretty amazing. But you know what, I, I think the thing, and this is going to be a recurring theme throughout a lot of these questions that makes Stettler a great place to visit, are, are the people. Everyone here is just treats you like their neighbor. I don't really hear that about a lot of small towns, but the, it's something we live every day. You know, I, I, I think the, the thing that makes Stettler a unique place is the people. And I, again, I, I know a lot of small pe towns will say, well, you know, the people make it what it is, but we, we do things that a lot of people don't. We, we, we're just a caring community. Our, our uh, hospital foundation, for example, uh, has raised over a million dollars since it uh, has, has come to be. Uh, we have an active Rotary. We have an active uh, Elks community. We have an active, active Kinsman, Cadets. You know, so on and so forth. And in the days now where a lot of these things are going to the wayside and volunteerism isn't what it used to be, it's strong and alive here because people people understand here that your neighbor is your neighbor no matter where they come from. I came from a larger uh, larger center when I moved here and I would never go back because this mm -hmm. is this is home. 
and it really is home to everybody who, who comes here. And that's why a lot of people end up staying. William Brighton Gray. Another important person in the early history of Stettler was William Brighton Gray. He was a cowboy, pioneer, and rancher in the area who was well liked by residents of the community for his kindness, humor, generosity, and devotion to duty. As a young man, he had been employed by the Bank of England for six years before joining the British Navy for two years. That was followed by four years of international travel that would eventually bring him to Western Canada in 1882. By 1906, he was living in the Stettler area and serving as the Dominion land agent in the community. That was far from the only job that he had, or would have. During his time in Canada, he worked as an agent for the Hudson's Bay Company, the registrar for the vital statistics for the district, and he was the official issuer of marriage licenses in Stettler. He also served as the town clerk when Stettler was incorporated, and the Justice of the Peace, earning him the name Judge Gray in the community. His home, located on the outskirts of town, was known for its many animal residents including raccoons, bear cubs, and even a golden eagle for a time. Over the course of his life, he had also collected many historical items, including rare coins, indigenous outfits, guns, and artifacts. In 1946, he would sell his collection to the Alberta government. The Stettler Flour Mill In many communities, the mill is the unsung hero of the community. Sure, you have your lumber yards and churches and schools all providing a vital service, but the flour mill is where the hard work of farmers is turned into the food for residents. In Stettler, the Estonian pioneers who came to the area would bring the mill to that community. Originally, settlers had to travel all the way to Red Deer for food and farm supplies, and that trip usually took four to five days in all. In the early 1900s, Magnus Tipman and Hans Johansson arrived and set about building a flour mill on the homestead owned by Johansson. Made of wood with a fan made of four blades covered in canvas and attached to a large gear that drove another gear which drove the grinding stone, the entire contraption was housed in a small building and the structure could be moved to take advantage of the wind. The mill would operate for several years, even after the death of both Hans and Magnus. John Tipman would take over the mill after the death of his father, but in the 1920s, he would dismantle the building and move it to the land he had purchased, where it operated until 1945. At this point, it was dismantled and its final home would be made at the Stettler Museum. Farming overall was an important industry in the area, with dairy and poultry proving to be important revenue producers for the Stettler area. Those products, along with the other services in the area, brought $500,000 to the local community. No small amount then. By the 1920s and 1930s, the area had a creamery, two egg grading stations, and six grain elevators that could handle 215,000 bushels. Oil arrives. On May 3, 1949, oil was discovered at Gulf Ellis No. 1, 10 kilometers southwest of town. Another well, a very lucrative one, was found on September 5, 1950 in nearby Big Valley. Before long, the Stettler district had become one of the most important and largest gas fields in the province, producing 974 barrels of oil a day. Eventually, this field would produce 35,000 barrels a day and account for 26% of the Gulf Company's total production of light oil. Today, Oil and gas continue to support the community with several companies having offices within Stettler. The Underwood Flying Machine 
After the Wright brothers launched their aircraft, it was not long before people around the world began to do the same. One of the earliest aircraft to ever be built and tested was tested right near Stettler, only a few miles to the east. Tested in 1907 and 1908, it was flown by the sons of John K. Underwood, a pioneer from the area. Underwood was widely known for his innovations in the area. In 1872, he found a better way to break the sawed acres, and he took out a patent on a new disc plow. John's sons would inherit their father's ability to craft new things, and once they heard about the Wright brothers, they got down to work to replicate that accomplishment. On May 14, 1907, the boys began testing out a rectangle tailless kite that was 8 feet across. A few days later, they tested their flying wing kites, this time with a 20-foot model. Tests would continue well into June as the boys fine-tuned the methods and the machines. In the middle of June, they were nearly completely done making their flying machine modeled on that of the Wright brothers' design. With many locals hearing about their design, they were invited to the Stettler exhibition to showcase the machine on the fairgrounds in Stettler. They accepted and transported it 10 miles to Stettler. And many people were very impressed by the machine and it was even mentioned in the Toronto Globe, as well as several other newspapers. The Edmonton Journal called it Alberta's Airship. After the exhibition, the boys transported the aircraft back home and got down to work to have it fly. Since it had no engine, the boys decided to fly it like a kite, and they took a rope of 700 feet and ran it along the ground to a post, and the other side to the machine. They did their first test on August 10, 1907, and they were encouraged by the results and the remarkable stability of the wing in the high winds. In all, the aircraft with five sacks of wheat weighed 350 pounds and took off easily. John Underwood, then 22 years old, got in the aircraft and was lifted 10 feet in the air where he stayed for 15 minutes. In the spring, the boys were able to get a 7 horsepower motorcycle engine and hoped to use it for flying. Unfortunately, it didn't have enough power. They attached a belt to drive a four-blade bamboo canvas propeller. Due to the low power of the engine though, the aircraft was unable to get off the ground. The Underwood boys attempted to get a better engine and they were able to find a 40 horsepower one that cost $1,300. Thanks to the high interest of the endeavor of the boys in Alberta, a member of parliament took up the cause in Ottawa and suggested a bill to allow any engine purchased by a Canadian to be imported to Canada duty-free. It didn't get past that stage. Without the proper engine, the boys continued to fly their aircraft as a kite well into 1908. Unfortunately, a high wind came up and the boys did not handle the aircraft properly. The rope was broken and the kite fell to the ground and was badly smashed. In the end, the boys decided not to repair the aircraft as they lost interest in trying to find a larger engine. But the Underwood flying machine remains a really unique part of Stettler's history. I'd like to take a break away from the episode for a second to talk about ExploreNet. I spent most of my life living in rural areas in Canada, and I remember the days of dial-up internet and spotty high-speed service. For the past three years, I have been a customer of ExploreNet, and I can honestly say that it is the best rural internet I have ever had. My job as a podcaster means I spend a lot of time researching online, interviewing people over Zoom, and uploading content. Through it all, ExploreNet has provided me with excellent service. When I'm not working, I enjoy streaming content on several streaming platforms and even doing some online gaming with a friend in Ontario. ExploreNet allows me to do all of that with ease. Right now, they offer up to 50 megabits per second on their new LTE network with unlimited data. 
Their service has only become faster and better since I first signed on. Today and beyond, ExploreNet is investing in building and upgrading the network at a rapid pace. ExploreNet is rural, and that is their route, and that is their focus. For more information about rural internet options in your area, go to ExploreNet.com or call 1-866-285-2253. Alberta Prairie Railway Excursions If you go to Stettler, I would highly recommend you take a trip with the Alberta Prairie Railway Excursions. I actually did this back in 2006 and it was a wonderful experience. It provides you with the opportunity to ride on a train as people did decades ago, seeing the landscape as the wind whips by. The train runs from Stettler to Big Valley and lasts five to six hours. Everyone is provided with a buffet meal and it is a great experience because it also features a train robbery. The train is pulled by the number 41, a 1920 Baldwin 280 steam locomotive that used to run on the Mississippian Railway. Sometimes a diesel switcher will be used though. In the winter, the train operates as a Polar Express from mid-November to just before Christmas. Throughout the trip during the summer, professional performers entertain passengers and you can enjoy the open-air coach if you like. You will also enjoy the local history of Big Valley when you arrive there. Here's Mayor Sean Knowles. It's really authentic and the actors they hire are, are they're really fantastic. They do a great job. And then at Christmas time, and this is one of the really fun ones, they do the Polar Express and the Polar Express is a compressed time frame where we stay in November all the way to, to uh, December. In that, in that compressed time frame, we can have as many visitors to the train just for the Polar Express mm -hmm. as we do during the summer. Not, not exactly the same, but a large amount. And it's, it's shorter, but it's more affordable. So I think it was only $80, I think, per person. And the actors are fantastic. The, the kids think it's great. Uh, I was just on it, uh, not last year, year before. And uh, it, was, it was quite the experience. And uh, I would recommend that to anybody, especially with their kids. I think it's uh, one of the coolest things I've ever done. And I'm kind of an adult, not all the time, but sometimes. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Parish and Heimbecker Grain Elevator. Decades ago, the landscape was littered with grain elevators in each community you drove through. Most grain elevators are disappearing and most communities don't have them anymore. When you do find a grain elevator, and you can actually see it as part of a museum, that is something you should take advantage of. In Stettler, you have the Parish and Heimbecker Grain Elevator. Pushing 100 years, the wonderful structure also includes an annex that was built in the 1950s. The elevator was still being used until the mid-2000s, and a group was organized to save the structure and fix it up. Today, the entire elevator is a museum, and the interior is filled with displays about the history of the area and the elevator itself. Here's Mayor Sean Knowles. The P&H Elevator Society, they're uh, really active. They do a lot of cool demonstrations. They'll do, uh, they have an old thresher that they bring out and uh, they'll run that in the, I think the fall time or August. Yeah, somewhere around there, just depending upon weather, just to give people a demonstration of how things used to do or how, how they used to do things. And uh, again, really active members. And that's another cool thing about Settler too, is we have all these societies and uh, groups that just wanna demonstrate and show people who we are. And uh, that's, that's, again, just another great reason to, to visit Settler. And they've done a lot of work. All the restorations have been done through donation and just through uh, engagement with the community and people around the community. Um, another really cool thing that we, that we do. Mm -hmm. 
The Town and Country Museum Every community has a museum, it seems. Some have larger museums than others, and Stedler has one that's a step above. It is not only one of the largest pioneer villages in the entire province, but it has some of the original buildings from the community, including three one-room schools, the 1910 courthouse, a church, a harness shop, a farmhouse, and a log home. In all, there are 26 buildings for you to explore. I'm going to look briefly at the history of some of these buildings at the museum. Wetzel School, which was named for Charles Addison Wetzel, the owner of a nearby rooming house, is considered to be the first school built in the area east of Tail Creek and the Red Deer River. It was officially built and opened in 1905, with Florence Close serving as the teacher for 19 students. The building also saw many card parties, concerts, meetings, and dances. And it would eventually become a home after it was done being a school, until it was moved to the museum. Content School, also known as Nevis School, was built in 1914, and in 1957 was sold to the Nevis Community Centre for $175, and would eventually find its way to the museum grounds. Stetler School's construction began in 1907 and finished in 1908. In 1914, the Stetler School Board sold the building for $9,000, so that it could become the courthouse for the community. The building was then converted by C.E. McGowan and local labour to become the courthouse, and it would serve in that purpose until 1974, when it was sold to the community and would find its way to the museum. Here's Mayor Sean Knowles. Uh, so the Stetler Museum is uh, the fifth largest of its kind in Alberta. It's called a Pioneer Museum, uh, where it's just kind of like a, it's, its own little village. So they have the courthouse and then they have the rail station and they have an Estonian village at the back. So you just kind of drive through and go from building to building. It's uh, kind of a unique place. The courthouse itself is fairly unique. Um, and there's a lot of history with, with, within it. It's something, it's something we're really proud of. And it doesn't get a lot of attention, but uh, I, I think it should get a little, little bit more attention because the, it's all pretty much run by volunteers. There's two employees and they work incredibly hard and they do a lot of research for people too. So people will call and you know, ask some questions and they'll, they'll do, do the research on, the, on whatever the people like. And it's, uh, it's kind of cool that way. The walking tour. Stellar has several historic buildings outside the museum that you can see just by taking a walking tour through the community. The walking tour takes place throughout the summer. Some of the buildings on this tour have a really interesting history, and I want to relate some of their histories here. Also, there's a haunted walking tour, and during the Halloween season, why not take advantage of it? The Stetler Cigar Factory was opened in January 1912 under the care of Fred D. Carter. With the slogan of, Stetler, heart of Alberta, beats them all, the company quickly became one of the top cigar makers in the province. Within six months of opening, the company was making 1,600 cigars per day, and by the end of 1912, the business employed 12 men who made 40,000 cigars per month. The company continued to grow, and by June of 1915, 65 men were employed at the business producing 6,500 cigars per day, making it the largest cigar factory in Western Canada. Unfortunately, in 1917, the Stetler Cigar Factory moved to Vancouver to form an additional branch, which soon became the main factory, ending the cigar history of Stetler. But you can still see the building. The Stetler United Church sits on the lot originally built for the Swedish Lutheran Church, which sadly burned down. The new church was built and dedicated to the glory of God in January of 1928, bringing together the Presbyterian and Methodist congregations of Stetler. In 1952, the church was enlarged so that it could seat 250 people, 
and a beautiful pipe organ was installed and dedicated in 1955. In 1967, the Christian Education Wing was added to enhance the community-focused ministry of the congregation in the community. Earlier in this episode, I mentioned that Carl Stetler built a hotel only to have it burned down, so he built another hotel, which too eventually burned down. You can see the hotel that was built on the site in 1948, called the Stetler Hotel, which stands to this day and continues to operate, and you can see it on the walk-in tour. Anyone who is familiar with Doctor Who knows that the Doctor regenerates every so often into a different Doctor. Buildings in a small town can do the same, and they can be many things over their history. One building on the walking tour, the Sutton Landmark Realty Building, was originally built in 1936, and over the course of its history, it has served as a butcher shop, a car dealership, a flower shop, an insurance agency, and today, a realty office. Some buildings are newer on the walking tour, but are linked to important parts of Alberta's history. The Stetler Post Office was built in 1954 and was the original home of the Stetler RCMP Detachment, which included living quarters for the officers as well as jail cells. One of those jail cells housed a man by the name of Robert Raymond Cook, who had been convicted of killing his father in Stetler in June of 1959. Cook would eventually be transferred to Pinoca and then have his journey end in Fort Saskatchewan when he became the last man hanged in Alberta. And you can see part of that unique history of Alberta by visiting this building and seeing where the last man ever hanged in Alberta stayed for a time. Along the tour you will also come to the Stetler Pool Hall, built in 1920. It was a place you would play some pool and get your hair cut by a barber. And in 1924, a bowling alley was installed in the basement. Here's Mayor Sean Knowles. Uh, so that's, it's kind of a cool comprehensive tour. Uh, I did it again two years ago. And uh, it's a unique experience. There's some things I learned about Stetler that I, I didn't know. <laughs> um, and uh, especially when we come across uh, some of the, uh, the the houses that are haunted and some of the things and activities have gone on them. And the, when you when we finish it, because I think we still finish in the bottom of the Stetler Hotel. Yeah, away was when we did it. We, it it's, there's, there's a really it's really a unique experience down at the bottom of the Stetler Hotel because it, it's a, one of our older buildings, and there's a banquet room down there that has been used for a really long time. So it kind of adds to the experience. But I don't want to give it anything away if anyone comes, <laughs> because it's a, it's a cool experience, and I. I I think everyone who does it will enjoy it. Even, even uh, people from Stetler have been going on over and over. Just to the unique history of the area. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think people are always surprised at the rich history of Stetler. I mean, we used to have a, we used to have a, a cigar factory here. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people know that. Moved to uh, Vancouver and failed because it couldn't do what they did here. <laughs> there are many more buildings you should see on this walking tour. Highly recommend it, because walking tours are a great way to learn the history of a community at nearly no cost. Here's Mayor Sean Knowles. You know, I, th- I think when you come to Stellar, what, what you, you can expect is just a, a really friendly atmosphere of people that just are happy to see you. Because we want to share our, our history with everybody in our town, no matter if it's recent history or old history. It's uh, we just we just want people here because we really enjoy to see them or enjoy seeing them because we love we love sharing everything we have whether it's our walking trails, or it's our, our heritage with the PNH Oliver Society the uh, museum, uh, the train, uh, or if they're just going out to the lake and coming in for the, for the day to buy a buy a pop at the gas station or uh, or go to a grocery store. We we just like to see them because uh, we like to, to share who we are with uh, everybody that comes to visit. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Canadian History X and our look at the town of Stetler. 
You can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can visit my website, canadaehx.ca. And you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash canadaehx. Thanks, and we'll see you again next time.